When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, what's going on, everybody? This is the Talking Tactics podcast. My name's Daniel. I'm just a dude trying to live. Look, man, we, what, I, what, if, I, what if this I, is somebody's first time listening hate... to the podcast? Okay, my name, my name is Have Hope. Thank you. We do the podcast every Tuesday. Remember to follow us on which one should I start with? Twitter's basically the main one. So go follow us on Twitter. We're on Instagram, casual picture, maybe once every year or so. If you're listening on Spotify, give us a follow. If you're on Apple Podcasts, subscribe. It's free. Leave us a five-star review and we will read it on the show. Half hope where can people find you on the internet before we start. Um half hope footballhots.com or halfhopehots.com. Cool. I'm at Daniel to look. Carl's not here, but I want that to be a tally. <laughs> I want to tally the amount of times that Daniel has said, Carl's not here. <laughs> no, no, no. But like, this is actually a good reason, though. Because like, the, 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 the reason he hasn't been here in the past few weeks is because he's moved from Southampton to Manchester. And I think today or yesterday, it, he's announced it. So we couldn't say that for the past month or two, however long he's been missing. But he's not doing it because he moved house. He's going to be a point guy for Manchester United's coverage of, uh, or the athletics coverage of Manchester United, which is like a really, really big deal. So that's why he hasn't been here. That is big. That is big. Yeah. We'll probably be seeing less of him moving into next season. So maybe, <laughs> so maybe I won't even, I won't even bother saying it, but it's cool and I'm happy for him. So shout out. No, shout no, out no, to no, Carl. no, 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 no. That is it. That is a huge flipping deal, man. Cause um, it's, it's flipping money. Now. I mean, look, no offense to Southampton. I'm cross with this, no offense, but Southampton to Man United, Knowing the, the amounts of deluded Man United fans there are out there and how massive that brand is, that's a pretty big deal. That's a I mean, think, big think, deal. think about it. If you were a player and you were you transferred from Southampton to Manchester United, that's a big deal. No, that's a massive upgrade. <laughs> so let's let's assume we're both thinking the same way. Pep, <laughs> Pepage man, does he have to do this every time? Pep is known for like, okay, we play a particular four three three. We're going to play with, especially at Man City, we're going to play with two free eights. We're going to play with two wingers that try to get in behind low crosses across the box. Our striker is going to be, well, the whole front three, front four even, going to be pressing. Um, our fullbacks might be inverted for a period. Like it, it, There's like particular things that Pep football looks like, especially at Manchester City. Somebody else that's more tactically inclined could run you through the list. But we know what we're looking at when we think about Pep's football, as it were. Then every Champions League knockout match, this guy decides, you know what? That whole thing that's worked for the whole season, crumble that up, throw it in the trash can, and let's try something new. So let me just try to outsmart myself and see if I can't, I don't know, 
spring something or just maybe prove my smartness or i don't know what gets into this man's head so this guy comes out with the back five kevin the on the wing and it didn't work <laughs> bro i think i've tried to figure out just been thinking about it i think it goes back to bart simpson it's an ego thing so coming into Bayern Munich, so these guys have won a triple under your pine case i'm the big shots manager manager i have to show that what i'm doing is different from your pine case so for some reason i'm just going to just put a lamb as the dm arguably the greatest right back of all time but no i've got a shot i'm not hankers okay cool so fast forward to this leon game it's a mixture of two, two, two things. It's a mixture of his ego and he knows that's how important this Champions League is. The, the ego is, I want to show why I am the best coach in the world based on just how intricate my tactical setups are and so forth. And the second thing is the pressure, which is that because this is just like a useless Carabao or, or Premier League nonsense, this is what you've been brought in for you now feel the need to overthink and so forth. He has to learn the Ancelotti way of approach where be wise, don't be clever. Be wise, don't be clever. A wise man does less. You know, a wise man does less. A wise man knows that mm, me not doing anything is actually the best thing to, to do. But a clever man only wants to do this, do that, do that, because he feels if he does this and that, this will now um, produce this. If Man City had the same setup formation and approach that they've had for 90% of this season, they would beat Leon because Juve created lots of chances, but only Chris, Cristiano was there to finish. If on that pitch you had De Bruyne in his strongest position as the cam, you had Mares on one flank, Sterling on, on one flank, City get the goals needed to beat Leon. Simple. But, but for Pep, it's the mixture of his ego and the pressure in the Champions League. And you will just hope that, because see, my thing is that, oh, he should learn from this, but he, he should have learned from, from this when you didn't start De Bruyne in the first leg against Tot Tottenham. He should have learned this when you tried to man-mark MSN. <laughs> it's shocking that seven years now, it's been seven years since he's reached the ACL finals, for seven years now, for seven years of management, you've not reached a Champions League final. You could say it's a mixture of you being unlucky, but also it's a mixture of like, bro, you're to you're to blame <laughs> because you've overthought things. But just the crazy thing is like this was such a great opportunity for Man City. It's such an amazing opportunity. Like Bayern would have been a tough test, a huge test. But I thought at the very least they get rid of Leon, then Bayern. Now this is a great match, a great matchup. Obviously, we'll get to the Raheem Sterling miss, man, but. The ABC one, two, three of management is play your best player in his best position. If I'm a manager and we're playing a tough, a, a high stakes game, the last thing I do is play my, my best player in his secondary position because I want to give myself the best possible chance to win. So I take my ego out of it. I'm like, look, who's my, my best player? You are in your strongest position. Maybe I'll think everything else, but at the very least, my best player what is the what is the position that you can do the most damage to the opponent? For De Bruyne, it's him straight through the middle as the cap. I'm not shocked by it because it happens every time. So it's just like, what is he going to do now? But the idea that we know that it's going to happen, you would think he would think 
can I just play regular one time? For Men City, I think he's he's never gotten to a semi. Um, it's been all quarterfinal exits, I think. So if he were to get to a semifinal or a final, you know what's crazy? This is just one leg. You don't even have to mess up over the course of two legs. Right. See, whenever it's knockouts for, well, look at any World Cup, Euros, Nations of Cup America. The team plays virtually it, the same no, no, way no. every when time. It's man. Not knockouts. When he gets to the no, 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 knockouts, you're like, we are living and dying by who, who, who we are. Exactly. We don't have enough time in a 90 minute winner or, or take all to come with a whole new ta- tactic. Is that, you know, it is what it is. We're just going to just do what we know best. See, now over two legs, it is okay. Now let's, so for the first leg, we'll have this approach. Second leg, we'll have this approach. In 90 minutes, you can, you can, you have to have, just have your one approach. And that one approach has to be your best approach that every player is most comfortable with. Mm. It is insane. But I have heard something very worrying. Some people have said he was testing out a setup for Bayern Munich. So he was already thinking about what he's going to do for Bayern. And this was like a precursor of let's see how this works, this more conservative approach, and let's use it for a Bayern side who we know are going to be bloody crazy. So rather than doing it in training, we've got to test it in an actual game. He disrespected Leon. Yeah, 100%. 100%. (laughs) Like, look, we'll just use Leon for for a training match because we don't really have the time in in the week for me to train this. So we'll do it in a real game, which I think is silly. Even if you wanted to play back five against Bayern, I mean, I, I get it the way that they're slapping people left and right. But Man City's meant to be a footballing side. Your best four three three against ours. Let's see what happens. Real, real quick. So you've seen the documentary All or Nothing. Yes. Remember when he said that he doesn't change his formation for the opposition. He only worries about his own team because he says that as long as we play to the best of our ability, I have confidence that we can beat anyone. It was a lie. (laughs) Or at least in Champions League, he's like, nah. (laughs) There was even, I think, a a Nigerian journalist that that asked him the question. Yeah, Omar Akatuba. Thank you. Um, so Oma asked him the question about, you know, people say, paraphrased, people call you a fraud because you haven't won a Champions League without Messi. Maybe this is him trying to prove to everybody. Every time he does this, the man marking, the dropping players against Spurs like this, maybe this is him just trying to prove how smart he is because everybody's always said, what would it be? Just like the, the only reason that you have these Champions Leagues is because you were gifted the greatest club football side, arguably of all time. So, and you're a checkbook manager. So you spent all this money with Manchester City. Uh, you you inherited a treble winning side with Bayern Munich. Just all of the criticisms that he gets. I wonder if in his mind, he's like, the Champions League is the biggest stage. It's where the elite managers prove that they're elite. So maybe I need to do something extra in this game just to spice it up and show people like, yo, this guy's really on a tactical level and this is the way I'm thinking about the game right now. And he just kind of, that that has to be part of his psychology where I need to prove to people that I'm the guy that's doing this, not necessarily the players or a system, but it's me and I can think of, and I can devise a way to beat someone outside of just, oh, you were, you have these amazing players or you spent all this money. So if it works, Amazing. Pep switched his formation. 
they tried to man mark MSN and it worked. It didn't. <laughs> Whatever he tried to do with Spurs last season, yo, he had Sonny and De Bruyne on the bench. It was a masterstroke. I, it, you know, you might criticize it at first, but it worked. Playing back five against Lyon, it was a crazy decision, but it works. But every time, it's never worked. And it goes back to that thing. Do you need Messi? Do you need peak Xavi Iniesta? Do you need, uh, I don't know, David Villa, Thierry Henry? Like, do you need all those mm-hmm. guys? Is, is that what you need to win the Champions League? If so, how good are you in, in terms of management? Because obviously we can, we can see what he's done with, you know, players like Sterling or Mares or players like that. When, you know, these players are good, he, he you give them to him and he coaches them to be even better. But just that management, I think there's something in him that's like, I need to prove. Everybody gives Mourinho the credit of being like a manager in that way. People give whoever it is, Ancelotti, the credit of, you know, this guy's like a real tactician and thinker of the game. Even if they are or aren't, they get that credit. Pep almost is like, eh, you're just a very fortunate guy. But but then, but go, actually, just last point, going, going back to that the documentary, he thinks he's destroyed football. My my idea, I don't know if this is like a cognizant or aware thing he's doing, like a conscious thing that he's doing, but maybe it's more subconscious because in his mind, he probably thinks, well, he doesn't think he said, I, I destroyed football. So maybe he does give himself that credit consciously, but I think perhaps unconsciously, I'm going to change this. I keep that. That's why I've been so on him because of that statement that he he made. First of all, that's an extremely arrogant thing to say because, okay, you destroyed football. But Zidane won three Champions Leagues in a row. <laughs> you know, that's a insane achievement. You know, okay, yeah, you won a treble. Uh, so did Fergie. So did Mourinho. So did your Pankers. And as we've now seen, your philosophy was just a moment in time. And now we're now seeing a return back to more direct football away from the pass-pass football right now. Look at that Bayern Barcelona game. That was just a perfect example of like, that whole pass, 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 technical, got to destroyed by physicality, pressing, ball over the, the top, direct, straight, let's keep going forward. And let's just have the easiest few pass routes in order to create a chance. The whole destroyed football thing, it's that was just an extremely arrogant, false, stupid thing to, to say. But and once you say that, people will hold you to that word, <laughs> you know? So this guy that says you've destroyed football in seven tries, you've never reached the Champions League final. In four years for Man City, you've never reached the semis. So let's look look, look at it. So first year, okay, cool. It, it, it was your first year. That was a very good Monaco side. It was your first year. Cool. I can give you a pass for that. Mm-hmm. Second year, that's if, that was a very good Liverpool team that did obviously reach the final, but, a final, but that was a very good Liverpool team. But I think you saw that Klopp has your number. And when Klopp wants to, Klopp can rip you a new one. So that was like, look what? Liverpool are just a better side. Now, the third year, there's no excuse. Yes, you played a team that ended up being the finalist, but let's just be real. Tottenham bundled their way to that final. I have no idea how they got to that final. So you had the game in your hands against Tottenham and you blew it. You know, you blew it. Like you, Like you should have put Tottenham away, it seemed that you have a very good record against in the Premier League. So that's why you, when people now say like, is do you guys choke? Because in in the Premier League, you would easily dispose of Tottenham, but under the heavy bright lights of the Champions League, you can't get it done. But this Leon one, 
this is inexcusable. Of the four teams you face that have knocked you out, this is this is by far the weak. This is the weakest team. This is the this is the the, the weakest team. Because let's keep it real. Yes, they're organized, defensively good. This is not a good Leon team. If Cristiano had some help, if Dybala was fit, Costa was on the pitch, you Juventus knocked them out. And all they needed was just one one goal. Did you need Rodri and Gunogan in that team? Both? If you had faith, you're like, we're the the better side. We've scored 102 goals this season. We will will break them down. 100% Rudy Garcia was expecting, all right, well, we're in for an onslaught here. But then he was like, oh, what the hell is this? So obviously, jot down on his notes, but he'd say, yo, guys, man, get that ball over the top. But then this goes back to what we were talking about before, which is knockout four ball. Let's look at all, all the World Cup winners. Did they change their tactic from the round of 16 to the final? I don't think they did. Did they even change their, their tactic from the group stage to the round of 16? If we didn't want to look at Germany, France, Spain, Italy, they had a sentence tactic from the group stage Mm-hmm. No cast Maybe they tweaked it once they got to the second round, but from the second round all the way to, to, to the final, they had a specific way of playing. There was not a drastic change because there are so many variables over two legs. 90 minutes, it is what it is. You play how you play in within your strongest philosophy that you believe. Because there is no space to or unless you you can't you can't bring a plan B to like a quarterfinal. Like what? A one-off? What? <laughs> I'd be cool with you switching the formation once you had the lead. If this is... Oh, you know, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's standard. That's standard. Yeah, if this is, okay, we need to test some things for Bayern. Be up 2-0 against Lyon, playing your way. And then, okay, let's take off a Mares or Sterling and let's put on an extra center back or whatever it is. And let's just see how we can cope with the team maybe coming at us with a little bit more intensity, knowing that they have to score. I can maybe understand that for like, you know, 15 minutes or so. But to start with that and then realize, oh, I made the mistake, take off Fernandinho, put on a winger. You wasted too much time. Now, we can say all this, but if it goes 2-2, kind of like what happened with uh, with PSG, once it goes 1-1, you kind of understand that they're going to score again. Yeah. All he has to do is hit the target. If he hits the target and it goes 2-2. Game changes. They're not going to lose. Nope. I mean, people were asking me, do you think, maybe it was you, do you think this is a worse miss than than Yakubu? Yeah. Yeah. Of course it is. No, no, no. Daniel, let's be real. Yakubu had maybe 25% of the goal to hit. Let's think about it realistically. And there was a goalkeeper there. This is one of the worst misses I've ever seen. Sterling has the whole goal, 100% of the goal to hit with no goal. And, and he's closer. And he's closer. <laughs> no, look, see, I saw the miss. I watched it again today. It's bad. And I don't want to go too in on him. Like, I'm, I'm pretty sure enough people have done that. Um, but you can't not bring it up. It's one of those things. I, it'll haunt him for sure. But you can say all the, the things you want about, hey, Pep overthought. Pep did this. Pep did that. He can't walk the ball into the net for the players so yes there's criticism of pep that you did waste a lot of time with the with a system that you didn't need to play and you only get 90 minutes so you can't waste 30 minutes of the game on nonsense and expect that the extra 60 or the 60 minutes that that are given if the other team does some stuff 
There's no time to make it up. But flip the coin, however you want to put it. The team did create the chance to get level. It's hard even to say 99 times out of 100. Like you would think 100 times out of 100, Sterling is putting that in the back of the net. And this is like the one freak time out of 1,000 maybe that he misses. That's crazy. Um, If it goes 2-2, I think this is a completely different story. No, no, no. Like that was the pivotal moment. It was a turning point. If he scores that, City go on and, 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 and win. Once he misses that, their heads go down again. And because I watched it again, once he does that, you see Lopez just jump up and you see them celebrate because Leona like it's meant to be. That's so true. once that happens, like it's meant to be. And once City see that, it's not meant to, to be. Like it is what it like here, here we go again. Do you know what's the crazy? <laughs> the crazy part is that's how Man City score all of their goals. <laughs> <laughs> low, low cross across the box. Tapping. One of the winger, whether it be you know Mares, Sterling's, Silva, Sane, uh, not this season, but in the past, like that's that's how they score their goals. Jesus Aguero, they feed on like the low cross. It's not like he hasn't seen that in training ten thousand times over the past three four years. However long he's been at City, but not three four or five probably. That's just it's. Odd and peculiar. Put it this way. I don't know if he could do that again. It's that odd of a miss. Like, Sterling, miss it again from there. I don't you think can't. he could do it. It's, 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 it takes a skill to lift the ball up over that. the bar from that distance. Right. <laughs> that's No, that's his skill. <laughs> that's like, if a defender could learn that, oh, bro, teach me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know how many own goals we see in those situations? Okay, so the reason we didn't start with 8-2 is because we already talked about it for like an hour. So oh, yeah, know, yeah. We, we had an emergency communication, so you guys can go back and listen to 8-2. But I did want to leave, you know, some people were like, yo, we need an emergency communication for the city game. I was like, if Have Hope wants, cool, but it, did, it didn't happen. But, you know, we left, some, we left some meat on the bone here. I did have another question about city. All right, so what, what do you think is going to happen with Pet Man? I've seen, oh, they're looking at Potch. I mean, I was reading something, though. I don't know how how it was like, they were saying, oh, the City players are not sort of, they're losing faith in Pep. But if you're De Bruyne, how do you think you're feeling? Um, Pretty good. I got the Players' Player of the Year award, so maybe <laughs> maybe that'll help a little bit. Champions League quarterfinal. Yep. Amazing win over Real Madrid. Huge win. Mm-hmm. You're like, all right, man, let's go, man. I'm ready, boom, I'm ready to really seize my, my moment. You look at the lineup, team talk, you're being played out wide, and it's a totally different form formation. If he can explain to me why, and it makes sense, then let's try it. No. Do you, do you know why? As much as you'd want to be like, okay, okay, yeah, 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 and the coach explains it, you know that this is a competition I really want to win. And every player... They want to be in their strongest, most comfortable position. If he could explain why it was necessary that I needed to play wide against Lyon, <laughs> I, I I would be like, okay, let's go. But I what I, I can't think of any reason against Lyon. Maybe against Bayern Munich, you could make me do it. But I can't think of any legitimate reason against Lyon, any other side in this competition, really, other than Bayern, that I would need to play wide. So what what is the reason? Now again, 
I've never been a football manager. So maybe Pep has this brilliant solution that he saw. He saw this one flaw in Leon's game that a back five was perfect for. <laughs> and maybe he could explain it to the players. Um, but yeah, if I'm Kevin DeBoer, I'm looking at it like, I'll do it if you if if this is what you want. But I'm still thinking I don't I don't think this is necessary. But again, if he has a good reason, what are you gonna say? Like, ah, coach, I don't think we should do this, man. <laughs> like, I don't no, think no, we're no, gonna no, do that. No, no. Of course you you won't, but you'll be like basically ten minutes into the game, you're like, fuck. Exactly what I thought was gonna happen is happening. <laughs> yeah. Although I wonder how Kevin De Bruyne thinks about football outside of just like his own game. Because clearly he has a very particular style of football that he plays. But I wonder if he thinks about it like on a team level. He must. He must be somebody who's like has a like a manager brain. Just the way that he sees the 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 pitch and the passes that he's able to make. He mm. must be keenly aware of everything that's happening. It could work against him though. Like if Pep gives him a good tactical reason why I like uh or gives the team a good reason why this is um something we should do against Leon. Maybe De Bruyne's thinking of like, oh yeah, I can see that. That makes sense. But then in application, perhaps it's it's a different feeling. Now the bigger question is we've always said and this isn't something original to the podcast, but you know, it's something we bring up a lot. That managers in the modern era, there's no Wengers anymore. There's no Fergusons. There's outside of Simeone, apparently, who can just stay there forever. There's no longevity necessarily in the upper echelons of, of football management. Has Pep reached the max that he can take this team? I wonder. Okay, they got 100 points, 99 points, was it? Or no, 98 points and 100 points. It was something. You don't know. 100 points and then 98 points. 98 points. That's an incredible two-year run. Then this season, I think they might have cracked 80, um, 81 points in the league. Still a fair total behind um, Liverpool. So they and, regressed. And what was it called? Scored, scored 102 goals. That's fair. That's fair. But the points total isn't there alongside the goals. So they've regressed in some ways. I wonder if Pep is reaching that kind of saturation point that we tend to see with managers recently. You can stay there for, I'd say six or seven is probably like realistic. So like whatever Klopp's doing is special considering he's been there, I think, since 2015. The upcoming season will be 15, 16, 16, 17, 17, 18, 18, 19, 19 20, so you've been doing this for just over 10, 10 years. Six years for Klopp mm. at Liverpool. And that's and I think he, he even said when his contract runs out in 23, 24, he's going to stop and he's going to take a year off. And if at the end of that year he wakes up and is like, I don't feel like being a football manager, he's going he's gonna to be done. So... He's putting all that he has basically into this Liverpool team. But for Pep, I'm thinking this is year four. How much more is there left? Bayern was only three years. Barcelona was eight, nine, 10, 11, 12. So we're reaching that point. Pep was at Barcelona. He was like, you know what? I need a sabbatical. Like I need to take a, a year off totally. I wonder if we're reaching that point with him. He's reached the peak getting 100 points, being Centurions. Is everything now downhill? I wonder. It's a question. I don't know if I have. No, no. I mean, I mean, basically, I think why were you brought here? Really, it's the same thing with Cristiano to win the Champions League. And uh, yeah, so it's basically a win is a win, you know. And like he can argue that, hey, man, we've still been successful. It's similar to what Messi said. How can you say that 
three consecutive final appearances is not successful. Eh, but it's really about you winning, especially if you're Argentina. It's about you winning the World Cup, winning the Copa America. So for Pep, okay, yeah, you 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 did win the Premier League and so forth, but so did Pellegrini, or rather, or rather, so did um, yeah, Pellegrini, so did Man Man Mancini. You haven't done anything that City haven't done already before, apart from oh, a bit of gloss with the hundred points and, and the goal scored. But the main thing was similar to Bayern Munich, Bayern, Rummenigge, and Hornes got you because you're like, wow, this is the next great manager. This is the quote unquote the destroyer of for for football. I always <laughs> said that. Remember, they hired Pep before your Pankers had finished, mm-hmm. because the notion was your Pankers is the older dude. His ideas are washed. His ideas are finished. Pep is the new wave, and his new wave of football is what will secure us the Champions League and really form a new legacy with this new kind of football that is just guaranteed to win. <laughs> so, boy, your pancreas was like, okay, cool. Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm old, I'm washed and everything cool. But you know what? Before I go, let me just give you this treble and then I'm out. Peace. Yeah. So, Pep comes like, well, I have to at least win the treble if he, he did. How about this? How many more seasons do you think Pep will stay at Manchester City? And in that time, do you think he'll win a Champions League? In less than like 10 words. Two more years and no. Five. Hey, efficient. Um, now I can talk about Leipzig. Hey, hey. <laughs> they beat Atletico. What did you think about Diego Simeone versus Julian Nagelsmann? Yeah, man, look, man, it's the same sad story again for Simeone and Atletico, which is <laughs> did you have to did you have to play defensive against a team like um Leipzig, who you, sh- who you should be better than. And I think, but what is very interesting is the whole Jao Felix thing. Mm. And I think I'm really coming around to what people have been saying. He is a very talented player. A very talented player in the totally wrong system. How would he have been sold that, I wonder? Oh, what do you mean? No. Like the, the Atletico of the past isn't the Atletico. We're, we're not a defensive team anymore. We're going to be trying to play a more expansive brand of football. And you're going to be the guy that takes us into a new system or style or feel of football that's that that must be how it was sold to him because why would a player like that want to play in um overtly pragmatic oh, way? No, 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 but but if you if you're jail felix he must have been sold a dream no 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 no, no. i think you know, if you're jail felix you're like wow but if you go to atletico madrid atletico. so you just you just you just look at simeone two times champs finalists a much bigger club than benfica he's got to be smarter than that like I, I know he's yeah, young, no, no, no. but he can't be stupid. You know, it's not. It's not even bad. But when you're young and so forth, you're not thinking about okay, what's the system and the, and the tactics. You're like, come on, man! Wow, this is a club, a big club that wants. Nah, nah. I'm, 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 I'm not giving him that. He must know what Atletico Madrid is. Maybe he even likes it. Maybe he likes the idea of playing in a pragmatic way. But the outside looks at it and thinks you're not taking full advantage of the abilities that you have in a system like that. So maybe Yao Felix doesn't even see a problem with what's happening. It's just like, yeah, this is just, you know, this is what I signed up for. I knew Simeone was who he was. I don't think we've heard anything of, oh, I hate being here. It's a terrible place. It's just people from the outside looking in and thinking you have a way more talent that could be expressed in a different way if you played in a different team. But I'm just wondering, how would you sell that idea to Felix? 
there's 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 no selling involved. It is it is simply a case of it's Atletico Madrid and it's Atletico Simeone. weren't the only suitors though, were they? Were, were Atletico the only ones willing to pay the one twenty? Probably, yeah. Well, if that's the case, then fine. Um, <laughs> you know, so there you go. <laughs> but so I would yeah. think they weren't. There must have been somebody else in the mix. Maybe a Spanish or a Portuguese football expert could could inform us. But Simeone's been there since what twenty eleven. Like I said before, when it, when you say there's no Winkers or Ferguson's anymore. Simeone is that. I could see him being there for another decade if he wants to be. If Atletico is serious, man, thank you, but we'll now have to move on. If they're smart, you replace Simeone with an attacking coach, build a team around Jao Felix. Simeone has, has taken the team as far as he can, man. Look, man, they got two Champions League finals. They lost, obviously, but still a great accomplishment. And you beat, you know, a really good Real Madrid side and a really good Barcelona side to a title in 20, what was it, 2013 14? And also, you also got got the the, the Europa League as well. So, mm-hmm. only one, I think so. Yeah, with the is it, is it Marseille with Payet? Was was that the Falcao one, or was that two? No, 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 the one with, with Griezmann, where Griezmann, okay, was like the main dude. Oh yeah, I remember that. I remember that. Oh well, Payet got injured and he missed the World Cup. Yeah, yeah, that yeah, game. Yeah, yeah. Oh, wait a minute. If this is just going to be a podcast of errors, Atletico Madrid. Yeah, 2011-2012 with Falcao. So who was the manager in that final? Manager, Diego Simeone. Yes, I got one right. (laughs) I got one right. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Applause. So he has two. He has two Europa Leagues. The one with Falcao. I remember the one with Falcao where he scored twice. And then they played Chelsea in the Super Cup, I think. And Falcao scored oh, like yeah. three or four. But I was thinking, like, was that early enough for Diego Simeone to be their manager? But it was. That must have been his first season or his second season there. So got one right. Feels good. What's next? PSG Atalanta. It was very close. It was very, very close. It was very close to being not good. Basically, the simple thing is this. Both are needed. Neymar and Mbappe are both needed. If you have one threat, it is easier to deal with that one threat. If you now have two threats, you have to now split manpower between those two threats. Once you you do that, each threat now has a bit more space. So the one threat by himself, all the attention will go to him, which is why Neymar had three, four, five bodies on, on him. Basically, it's very similar to basketball, which is what they do. The star player, he'll attract all the players towards him and he'll kick it out to that three-pointer who will just catch and shoot, you know, because they're all trying to stop the star player from getting off that shot that they know, that people know most likely he will he will, he will will make. But for Neymar, there's no one to kick him out to because no one else really has the kind of effectiveness that Mbappe has. And he was doing the best at that, that he could, but body after body, tactical foul, tactical foul. But once Mbappe comes in, Atlanta, you can't now do everyone on him because if Neymar now kicks that thing out to Mbappe, which he did, <laughs> it led to the goal. That's true promoting scored. Did you have, no pun intended, did you have hope for PSG? No. <laughs> like, 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 once it's got to like 85, I was like, fuck me. These guys you know, are really. Okay. So, what, what always happens for me is this normally happens in the league where there's no specter or possibility of extra time. If, the team is losing 
and they need two goals in order to win the game. Obviously, PSG only needed one for extra time, but if they wanted to win in 90 minutes, there comes a point where you can't realistically score twice. Mm-hmm. So once it gets to maybe 80, like 87, 88, somewhere around there, it's like they're not going to score twice. Well, you, United did in 99. I know. that I was. That's the only thing you can really think of is, you know, Teddy Sheringham and um, Ollie scoring um, against Bayern. So that's that's that. But generally speaking, <laughs> you're not going to score twice in the last five minutes, including extra time. You can maybe score once. So I'm watching it, and I'm thinking maybe they can get this into extra time. But I'm hearing a lot of people thinking the moment they got the equalizer, remind me who scored it. Um, Marquinhos. Marquinhos, of course. Neymar assist. People are saying the moment that went in, like 89, 90 minutes, they're going to score. In- <laughs> PSG were bound to score in um, in added time. I was thinking, okay, this is going to go into extra time, another 30 minutes, and obviously PSG are going to dominate, maybe win 3-1 or something like that. Because you could just tell At- Atalanta weren't – they were just tired. You know, they, they just gave everything they had – over the first 60, 65 minutes to keep the game like it was. And then once that one moment happened, it's 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 the complete reverse of what happened. And I think I referenced it earlier, but it's the complete opposite of what happened with uh, with Manchester City. If Sterling scores, Leon drop because they're like, damn, they got us. In this game, PSG scored and then Atalanta dropped even further. Well, I'm happy though. I'm happy though because I always like, I think PSG like, so. like what Gasparini did with the Atalanta thing, like there is nothing he could have done tactically different. The subs needed to be made because obviously Papo Gomez can play 90 minutes. They attacked when they had to defend it when they had because again, if Muriel just controls that better and cuts in, we, we may have two to an extra time. Chances Atlanta win if Ilicic plays. That's a great that's, that's a great question, man. Because they were they were creating chances. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. So maybe you know if they get two goals instead of one goal. We may have extra time. Um, so we have two semifinals coming up. We have um, who who plays first? Um, Leipzig PSG. So we have Leipzig PSG on Tuesday or Wednesday? Tuesday. Tuesday, and then Wednesday. Yeah, Leon against Bayern. So who who do you think, <sighs> bro? I don't know, man. For the moment that the, the, that this draw was made, I said the dream final is PSG Bayern. That is a dream final. The way that this thing has gone, Leon can still beat Bayern, but it is more likely Bayern beats Leon than PSG beats Leipzig. I think there's more of a chance of Leipzig upsetting PSG than Leon upsetting Bayern. You'd rather have the all-German final if you had to have an all-final, right? No. <laughs> I would rather have none. Please no. Please no. <laughs> like I'm thinking, if somehow, if somehow... We get Leon PSG in the final. That'd be bad. But if we got Leipzig against Bayern, I could go with that. Yeah, man. It's 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 no 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 no. I want I want um obviously everybody wants Bayern PSG. If we get Leipzig Leon, Jesus help us, but <laughs> I said if we get Leon Leipzig, then God help us. But Leon Leipzig would 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 be a flipping joke, man. Judging how 2020 has gone and so on and so forth. Maybe that'll just be like this sick joke. <laughs> Do you know what I want? I actually want that. This Champions League is pretty much a joke, right? This is just here just so we can finish it. It's for the TV sponsors, the broadcasters, 
the fans, I'm sure they're like a second afterthought, maybe a third thought. It's about money. So if they were really serious, they would have waited until it was okay for to play two legs in people's home stadiums. The fact that everybody's in Portugal just doing whatever they're doing, it's already a joke. This isn't the Champions League. It's just a UEFA knockout competition, essentially. Single elimination, which isn't which isn't the Champions League as we know it. So if it is Leipzig versus Lyon, fine. No. Like let's let's wait, do wait, it. Wait, what do you mean by fine? Let's do it. Like, do you know no. what that would mean? You know the type of semifinals that we would get? That would mean PSG and Bayern lose. How would that happen? Your your channel would have, you know, far more subscribers if that happened. People would be like, yo, I can't believe it. But, so like, but, but, just, see, but see now, this this is the thing now. Yes, that would obviously maybe do wonders in terms of traction by them having the shocks. But I'll be real with you. For my personal enjoyment, I want PSG Bayern. For my personal enjoyment, I don't want to sit down and do a pre-match analysis of Leon against Leipzig. <laughs> that's that's sick. Any any Leon fans and Leipzig fans out there, I love you. This is no offense, but we're talking about football heritage. We're talking about football reality here. Leon Leipzig, that's frightening. I'm just saying it wouldn't. It would kind of nail in the fact that this is all just kind of silly. Petition to have Steve Nickel fired from ESPN FC. What is Steve no, yeah, Nickel? No, he's trash. He's trash. The guy's trash. <laughs> what? No, 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 no. No, he's trash. No, basically, you guys have he's, a, he's, you, he's, 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 he's a clown. He's not an analyst. No, pause, pause, pause. Time out. You guys have strong opinions about the ESPN FC cast? Yeah. Like, they're just dudes on TV just talking. So, like, if I say, um, what's the Venezuelan dude? Moreno, Alejandro Moreno, who, by the way, we we went to the same university. So, shout out to oh, him. Oh, yeah. no, you see, he's good. I do like him. I, I like. Moreno. I don't have strong like thoughts him. on any of these people. Craig Burley, you have strong thoughts on him. I am not an avid watcher of ESPN FC. Okay, okay. So that's the thing. But my thing though is <laughs> Shaka and. Um, <laughs> Shaka, Moreno, Julian Laurent. You know what? LeBeouf is pretty good. <laughs> LeBeouf is pretty good. <laughs> okay, who else? Um, Marcotti. How do you feel about Marcotti? Marcotti can sometimes say stupid things. He can sometimes say good. So he's like on and off. Julian Laurent is pretty, pretty all right. I think he he's like he's, he's pretty all right. Marcotti is... He can be hot or cold. But I think the best are Moreno, Shaka. Robo is, eh, he just says typical stuff. I'm like, okay, look. Robo. Yeah, I'm like, bro, like, yeah, that's, that, 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 that's obvious, man. So. Uh, have hope. I, I, I don't watch it too much. But then he called the dude Robo. Was <laughs> <laughs> that guy, Stuart Robson? Is that the, like the bald dude that looks I like think, yeah, 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 a yeah, Harry yeah, Potter yeah, yeah. character? Yeah. Yeah, I don't have strong thoughts about anybody. I like Shaka. You know, he's cool. The thing with Shaka, like, a lot of points he makes at the extent of, you know, the whole World Cup thing. Well, yeah, it's 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 your argument, basically. Yeah. <laughs> like, Messi can't be the GOAT unless he has the World Cup, and I'm not mm-hmm. changing it. Yeah, I like that. Um, yeah, I don't have strong thoughts about the ESPN FC dudes. This is kind of like, I don't, the only pundit I really have strong thoughts about is like Graham Sooners. I don't like him. Yeah. Oh, do you know, I saw him at an in Harrods once when my sister was buying me a suit. Interesting. Did I was you like, say hello, or did you, you just saw no, it? No, heck no. <laughs> I, mean, I was like, oh, yeah, isn't that Graham Sooners? 
what's, what's, I mean, what's doing in Harrods? I was like, oh yeah, he's rich. Okay. So who are your favorite pundits in the UK? I'll be real with you. It's like he's retired now. Alan Alan Hansen was very good man. But obviously he's retired now. But apart from him, a lot of these guys, they're just not. I think they're good. You see, that's that, the thing about it is that I wish you had the ESPN first take flair and passion and energy for football punditry, but you but you don't have it. It's it's very still like when like when because even I remember when I was watching first, I said, my gosh, if there was a football equivalent of, of first take, this would be the greatest football show. This we do know this is one of the greatest shows ever for me personally. The personalities don't exist. That that can't be right. It's a cultural thing, not really about people in England because yeah, very interesting people. It's about who the BBC and BT invites over and how and there is a certain vibe that they just create within that kind of studio. And the kind of vibe that that's they create doesn't allow a Stephen A. Smith or a Shannon Sharp to sort of, or, or even or a Bomani bon, bon Jones to even exist. In America, it's you're like, boom, it's, it's, it's a bit more looser. There's a bit more jazz to it and everything. But in England, it's very much about, you know, we have to just do it this way. Okay, there's, there's a joke here and everything, but we have to pretty much do it this way, so forth, blah, blah, blah. And whenever even Ian Wright sort of gets a bit too excited, you could just see them going, oh, okay, just <clears throat> just calm down, you know, blah, blah. I'm glad we don't, I don't, at least I don't think we do this. Maybe you do. I try not to. You don't think like first taken undisputed and shows like that, they're kind of contrived. So Skip Bayless will take the opposite argument even if he doesn't agree with it, just to make the show better. Or they'll find arguments that they don't agree on genuinely, and those will be the main things that they talk about. At the end of the day, they're trying to make a compelling television show. You need two opposed arguments in order to make that exceptionally compelling. Whereas maybe in a European context, if we both agree, fine, we're not here to make a television show. We're just here to give punditry after the game. But maybe if you said, okay, we need two guys that always disagree and you put them on TV, you'd get some sort of similar dynamic that you would from America. Does that make sense? I mean, yeah, to an extent. So, so does, well, it's just, just if, if, if I can make it more succinct, when you're watching First Taken Undisputed, you're watching something that's been tailored to make you see two opposed views. But when you're just watching after the match and you have, you know, Ian Wright and Paul Scholes and Rio Ferdinand, they're just there giving their thoughts on the game. There's no tit for tat. We're going back and forth. First take undisputed, which is all shrouded in kind of like boxing and arguments and all that kind of stuff. It's not the same vibe. Whereas if you look on it, somebody put it in the comments. If you look at Arsenal fan TV, Ty and Claude are put against each other intentionally <laughs> to where you could see if they had like the first take Arsenal version. They could do it because they're opposed. So maybe you would just need to take an Ian Wright or a Rio or a Jamie Carragher or somebody like that and put them against somebody and tell them this is an entertainment show. We need you guys to kind of ham it up a bit. Basically, it's not about hamming it up. Go to any kind of a party or a gathering mm-hmm. and listen to people have a heated discussion about the NBA or the heated discussion about football. There's a certain flavor to it as opposed to a discussion about cricket or golf or tennis like sports like football and the nba or boxing there is a certain kind of passion and energy you will have for most people who discuss it but that isn't being brought onto a studio because people say oh no no the studio has to be this it can't be what is done 
when we're just hanging out. But what Shannon Sharp even said is that, no, I, we, we wanted to bring that kind of barbershop vibe to a studio. So maybe a portion of it may be a bit, you know, trying to, you know, ham it up and, and make it exciting. But really, a lot of it is that I have my strong view on this, your strong view, and we're just going back and forth. So the, the, the thing is that ESPN FC is the closest thing to it. And I can see them trying to go through it, but ESPN FC just need the right personnel. And you can even see, what was his name? Dan, the host. He tries to create that kind of flavor and create some kind of tension to make it a, a, a lot more intense and a lot more exciting. But that would not be allowed. And Dan, the guy, he's, he's English, but you're an Englishman in America. You know, so I just think that in America, they're like, look, this is because football is entertainment. It's not a business. <laughs> it's not um, the Nobel Peace Prize. It's flipping. It's at the end of the day, it's entertainment. So the analysis should be as entertaining as the, as the flipping matches, which are there to ent entertain us. So how is that? The matches are there to entertain us, but the punditry isn't, isn't entertaining. <laughs> Let's do some questions. Are the Siberian fields being properly kept from footy troll? And he has a picture of Pep on the ground, <laughs> taking yeah, grass and throwing it. He's, he's in classy doing doing his his time, and he's settling in well. He's settling in well. Black emoji says, "If Bayern don't keep the illusionist Coutinho, and he can't return to Barcelona, since he'll end up tripping out of a window, where next for the man who gave Liverpool Allison and Van Dijk? So where should Coutinho end up? He, sh he you know what? I think he'd be really good at Dortmund." He would reach, he would he would fit that style very well. So like they get rid of Sancho, they bring in Coutinho. Does that well that that doesn't fit the Dortmund plan though, does it? Where they like bringing in youngsters? Coutinho's what 28, 29? Is that what they do? I'm just talking about what would be a, a good fit. So mm. at age, I, I don't gonna really give a crap, but it would just be a right fit tact tactically. Any chance that you think he stays at Barcelona for he would have what two years left on his contract? Mm. Did you hear that? What's it called? The the cannibal maybe going back to Ajax. It's it's a, it's a full cl clear out, man. From Red Devilology, how is it that David Silva is getting a statue at Man City, but a certain Ivorian midfielder couldn't even get a birthday cake for his thirty first? <laughs> <laughs> I've never understood the fascination with David Silva. Look, if anybody deserves a statue, it's Aguero. If you're to build a statue now, you build a statue of Sergio Aguero. Then, okay, look at a company and maybe silver. But if it's, basically, they should build a statue of Aguero now. Company has more critical moments than Aguero does. Aguero has the most critical moments in City's history. And that's all that matters. Uh, do you get to that moment without company's goal against Manchester United? Who cares? It is what it is. <laughs> that is completely irrelevant. The fact of the matter is that. What do you mean? It's it's totally not irrelevant considering when they won the season on goal difference against Manchester United. If they didn't beat Manchester United 1 0 with the company header from a corner, then Aguero's goal is totally irrelevant. I'm not saying that that's not the greatest moment in their history. Of course it is. But I'm saying that if you add up all the moments that company had the goal against, was it Leicester? Where he just hit a shot from like 30, 35 yards. Like if you add up all the moments that company had in offensive moments, even not even including the defensive but, ones. But but does that company moments matter without all of Aguero's goals? I'm not I'm not I'm just saying no, if you no, want no, 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 but, but company, if you want a statue that the company wants to go up before the Aguero one. 
No, 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 no. Company should not be getting a statue before Aguero. Aguero should be the first player to get it. This is just striker offensive player bias. That's all this is. No, 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 no. Let's no, let's be, be real. This guy might come closest to the goal scoring goals of Alan Shearer. <laughs> he is one of the best striker, whatever, one of the best players that the, the Premier League has, has, has ever had. Facts. In, ter- in the order, okay? And I'm not going to argue this. This is just for me, okay? A Manchester City statue order. We should go number one, company. Number two, give it to Aguero. Number three, Yaya Toure. Number four, Silva. And number five, probably Kevin De Bruyne or somebody like that. Like I'm just I'm, I'm projecting forward because the those first four are the ones that that you Joe Hart. Joe Hart. Joe Hart. Stop it. <laughs> statues are a weird thing. Oh. What's your ranking of who should get statues at Chelsea? Not, not John Terry. I go Lampard should get it first. But it's weird now because he's the manager. So maybe you can't erect the statue of a manager while he's managing. I would I think I think Zola needs to be put in there somewhere, man. Because because what's he think, did? You know what? I think John Terry needs to get it first. I don't even like him, but he's the first to get it. And then Drogba. To be honest, Drogba should actually be Drogba should be put put in there, man. I th- there's all all of these clubs have so many players. It's how many statues can you really put up? See, if if it were me, I'd put them all up, kind of like at the same time. Mm-hmm. I'd I'd get the sculptor to put the picture to. I'd find a picture for the sculptor of them all together. So you'd have like Terry Lampard, Drogba no, no, all that's together. Crap. That's crap. <laughs> that's garbage. You you can't do that. That's just statues, man. What's as a, as a group? No, that sucks. That sucks. So, where are you <laughs> gonna put it? You're gonna put up like a whole bunch of individual ones just around the, a stadium. Yeah. So, at, oh, by the way, have you been to uh, the Emirates? Of course, many many times. So, the Thierry Henry statue is it like? Does it look like him? Like, is it a good one? Like in real life? Um, it's. I mean, like it's very well sculpted. The face. Uh, I mean, it's close enough. It's not like supremely that's, amazing. That's the thing about statues. I don't even know why we're talking about this. But yeah, there's something about the faces on statues that it just it never looks like the person. That's a good point. Mourinho should should get one. He has to get one. He was no, the manager no. that that literally brought them their first major true. It'll never happen in this whole Premier League era. Now that I think about it, we've had like a ten minute discussion on statues. I don't think we should make statues. Well, if you look about if you look at what's happening in America right now, you erect them in a time, and then later. Things people have done come to surface. So let's say we put up a John Terry statue in front of Stanford Bridge because in the moment, Chelsea fans love him. 100 years from now, <laughs> and people look back and they say, with different standards, obviously, but even... Why do you have to wait a, a hundred years? People know it's now. I know. <laughs> I was, I was going to say, I was going to say, even today, people know it's bad. But there are people who love him now and who are attached to him. A hundred years from now, those people won't exist. It's 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 like when you tell a teenager today about Pele or me about Pele. It's like I have an appreciation because people appreciated him in the past, but it's not the same visceral attachment. Hundred years from now, we have the John Terry statue in twenty one twenty. When when they tell the story about John Terry, oh, he called uh, Ferdinand uh, Black this, and there'll be no choice but to take that statue down. Only put up people who you know are bulletproof. For now. DDA Drug was bulletproof. You can put that up and be confident that nobody's going to want to tear it down. You know, 
he's black, so maybe somebody will want to tear it down, but they'll, <laughs> they'll never do it. <laughs> a John Terry statue isn't future proof. It shouldn't even be put up now. That's what yeah, I'm I saying. know, but I'm saying you can't guarantee that in 200 years it'll still be there. Of course, it's one speed. Like, like, because well, somebody will yank it down. No, 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 no. But like, what you're saying is obvious because even now, like, you see, when they put up those racist people back then, they weren't seen as racist when when they put them up because like, no, this is just how 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 it is. When the statues were erected, or like Robert Ely and so forth, there was nobody was saying anything. <laughs> like, oh, cool. So if you put this thing starting now. People today will be saying, what the... I think if you put a statue up at Stamford Bridge right now, there would be enough defenders, no pun intended, of him that it would stay. Someone, especially the whole BLM thing that's happening right now, will try to deface and be like, oh my gosh, why are you putting a racist person up on here, man? This, 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 is, this is terrible. But Someone will just there, there'd be somebody, a Chelsea Coon for all intent and purpose, <laughs> who would be like, well, yeah, he did that, but... I'm thinking 50 years from now, 100 years from now, there's no, there's not going to be anybody to go, yeah, but it's just going to be... No, no, oh, no, no, but okay. what I'm saying is that it's, it's the, the equivalence doesn't work with the status being pulled down now because these status being pulled down now, when they were pulled up, nobody, no, that's, nobody had any issues. No, that's, that's not true. Do you think an abolitionist, like a person like John Brown, wouldn't have had a problem or Frederick Douglass wouldn't have had a problem with you know a statue being put up, but he would have been so overwhelmed because he was. That's what the... I'm telling you. Like one or two no, no, black no, no, lives no, matter. People can't go against the whole body politics. The the, the the numbers are not the, the same. I'm not that's saying they're the same. I'm saying it's abolitionist. That abolitionist would have been so not extremely true. overwhelmed back not then, true. as opposed to right now, especially with the movements happening right now with racial awareness, Black Lives Matter, and so forth. Basically, put it this way. John Terry himself will be like, nah, don't put up a statue of me right now. <laughs> He'll say no. I don't believe it. I don't believe it. I think there's enough people that would defend, Chelsea fans, that is, that would defend John Terry. He has banners in the stadium. Captain Leader Legend, all that kind of stuff. If, if people were really serious about the questionable aspects of John Terry's life, he wouldn't be the captain leader legend. Even when uh, when Chelsea played Aston Villa recently, Chelsea fans love him still. I honestly think, and I'm not saying this is correct, I think it would be a problem. I wouldn't agree with it. But I think if you put up the John Terry statue today, you get a little bit of backlash, but mostly Chelsea fans would back it. And as long as you're putting it at Stamford Bridge, who's going to complain? Because it's their territory, as it were. You can't really make the laws for what Chelsea do at Stamford Bridge, can you? If it's not like you're putting him in the middle of Trafalgar Square, you're putting him at Stamford Bridge. That's where that's where he belongs. That's where he did all his dirt. So fair enough. Like if you guys want to honor one of your more worse heroes, I think, uh, like I say, I think a few people would complain. There might be like a few spots that would happen on Sky News, BBC News. Oh yeah, they put two different competing voices on the screen and split the screen. Oh, John Terry, he called Antoine Ferdinand a black cunt, this and that. I don't think he's somebody who should be honored. Then you'd have a Chelsea fan on the other side who's like, yeah, he, he might have done some questionable things, but at the end of the day, this is a football club. This statue is being erected because of his footballing exploits. He's one of the greatest center backs in Premier League history. He was an England captain, blah, blah, blah. They'd go through the whole argument. 
Nobody would agree with anything. The statue wouldn't get torn down. But projecting 150 years from now, where there's nobody who's going to want to defend the racist uh, adulterer who doesn't have an attachment to the football that he played, that's just getting yanked out. Everything is about the context in, in, in which we are. So 100 years from now, there's, there's not going to be anybody to defend John Terry. Today, you'll find tens of thousands, millions of people who are willing to put their body on the line for the reputation of John Terry. Crazy as that is, that's what it is. That's all I'm saying. We will, we will literally be here for another half hour. So, like, we're not going to agree. So, <laughs> like, we'll, we'll be here for another half hour. No, I agree with you to an extent. I agree that people would have a problem with it. I just don't think that problem would override the amount of love and appreciation that John Terry gets. And and I'm saying to you that, especially, I'm talking about the timing. In right, see, I would agree with you if this was like done, like maybe in five years time or something, when there's no BLM. Right now, it's impossible. And as this guy says, it'll be a, it'll be a flipping PR disaster. I said John Terry himself would be like, nah, no. <laughs> okay. Right now, no. No thanks. The, the the way they avoid the PR disaster is they group them together. So you have your Lampard statue, your Drogba statue, and your John Terry statue, and you unveil them all at the same time. You could put John Terry right next to Didier Drogba and be like, look, we have black heroes. <laughs> I'm just thinking how, how, how they could get over the PR disaster. Because it, 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 it would be a stupid thing to do historically. But I'm just saying in the moment, I don't think people would have a problem. Um, Daniel Jones Ortega, top 10 players if Messi and Cristiano retire today. What is your list, Daniel? And we will, we will critique your list. So if you could give us your top 10 players if Messi and Cristiano retired right now, we will give it to you. So we will, we will critique your list rather than make one ourselves. Give your list, my dear child. Yes, and, and we will read it. Um, what do you guys consider yourselves? I am... Um, I'm I'm a Martian. That's my that's my political spectrum. Martian. Man, look, man, don't 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 label me, man. <laughs> Left, right, center, up, down. Look, man, I, I, I don't do any other nonsense, man. I am I am my own man, man, with my own views, man. Don't don't label me with left, right, center. This nah. <laughs> you don't like labels. <laughs> Wait, you you don't want to be judged by the label? Yeah, I have a bit. Conservative, a bit liberal, a bit con- independent, a bit green, a bit environmental, all mixed up, you know, in one. So, what do I, c- I consider myself? Pan African. You're very Afrocentric. <laughs> I, can, I can tell. Pan African socialist. Um, oh, here you go. Wow. So no spaces. Now, is, whoa, whoa, pause. Is this in order, Daniel? By the way, I'm not seeing Messi. Maradona, Pele, Ronaldo, original Ronaldo, Zidane, Beckenbauer, Cruyff. Rivaldo, Cristiano, Iniesta, Ronaldinho. What is Pan African? You have Google. Um, yeah, that's a that's a decent list. Although I do have questions. Beckenbauer, Cruyff, Rivaldo, Pele, and Maradona to an extent. Pro- perhaps even Ronaldo and Zidane. How do you know? Meaning, how do you and I know where to place Pele exactly? Because we weren't alive in the fifties. Or the sixties or the seventies. No, it's but, 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 but he can do it based so, on so achievement I, and impact. I get that. I, I get the same feeling whenever somebody tells me, like, yo, Bill Russell's the greatest center ever. How do you know? You weren't alive in the sixties. Now I'm not saying the list is wrong. I'm just saying this is something I think about. That argument you're you're making is an argument of ability. What I'm saying is 
you have to have an argument as to why you think Maradona is number one. You can't just say it. You can say Cristiano's top 10. If 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 a 21-year-old comes up to me and says Messi and Ronaldo are top two, I might not agree, but I understand because that's what they've been exposed to. If you give me Maradona, Pele, Ronaldo, Zidane, and you're born in 1996, I need you to explain what about them makes them in your top five. Like what research have you done? What history have you done? Who, Why, why do you think this <laughs> on, a, on an individual level? Because what, because what obviously you have to, to put Pele or Beckenbauer in there. How do how do you know? What, what do you mean by how do you know? Have you watched YouTube? Are you who's uh whose paper are you copying off of? Basically, <laughs> no, basically, everybody knows for a fact that basically, even before I could even think, people were talking about Pele, Pele, Pele. So I was like, why is that? Then you would just see watch interviews Fam, if you see watch Pele on youtube it doesn't look and that then you great. look at the achievements what he's won his impact how why he was such a big deal how he changed the course of, of, of the game I that's get greatness i get so, that. i get it I don't, maybe i'm not explaining myself correctly what i'm saying is if you're not alive in the time then when you give me a list of top 10 with people that you never watched i need you to explain it i need you to make this why so if if, if i ask you who, who's your top basketball player of all time and and you tell me Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, and I said, were you were you alive in the eighties? And you tell me no. Then I need to know why do you think? No, no but that's why I said the distinct. There's a distinction between greatness and the best. Whenever you see, whenever I ask people of list of the best, it has to be people who you've seen. When you say greatness, you don't need to have been alive to watch them. For me, I was I. I I was barely functioning. I barely had had a brain when Maradona did what he did for Na- Na- Napoli. But I know, based on my logic on thinking of football, that to do that is greatness because I know what Napoli are. I know what the Serie A was at that time. I know how difficult it is for an individual to have an effect on a team or for a football team. Right. So for him to do that, that's greatness. I'm for him not- to do what he did in the 1986 World, World Cup, knowing how difficult the World Cup was, knowing how good West Germany was, mm-hmm. that's greatness. I know. I'm not saying his list is wrong. I think it's a good list. I'm just saying if in conversation we have the top 10 and you haven't seen them or I haven't seen them, I need you to explain to me, is it just your opinion? Are you going by what's been established before, which may be correct, which may not be correct? But why? if this is your list, you must have had to do some thinking about it. You can't just put Maradona number one, Pele number two, if you haven't seen them. Just because, oh, this is what everybody says. Otherwise, you're not thinking for yourself and it's not your list. It's just the standard. But but Daniel, trust me, he's a lot lot smarter than that. No, it's it's not about Daniel Jones or Ortega. It's just about the nature of giving these top 10 lists, which is why I think giving lists is almost stupid. You see, now you're being snobbish, man. I am. But the, the idea of giving your top 10 is a snobbish thing to do as if I have all the answers. So give me your top 10, Daniel. Okay, now I have to tell you the truth. Like, that's it's snobbish in a sense. Um, <laughs> it's just a top 10 list. But... Lists annoy me. Anyway, Maradona, Cruyff, Pele, Messi, Ronaldinho, Ronaldo, Zizou, Cristiano, Hullet, Van Basten. How is Van Basten in your t- Why? I, I, I just need to know why. And that's just me. That's 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 where I come from. So Ibrahim, why why is Van Basten in your top ten? He was, was, I, I, was a pretty, pretty damn good striker. <laughs> you know. 
part, if you're if you're not born in the '80s, what makes Van Basten better than Ibrahimovic, who we've seen or who you've seen? So, so watching a ten or twenty minutes um, footage of Van Basten isn't enough. You need to watch his full ninety minutes matches. I think so. Nah, nah, bro. I've seen enough from Garincha and Re- and Re- Revelino to know that those are one of the best dribblers I've ever seen. Show me five minutes of Garincha of or Rivellino. I'm like, yeah, this, this these are some pretty crazy players. I don't need to see another twenty or, or thirty minutes, <laughs> you know, because they're already doing things with the ball that guys who I watch every week aren't aren't doing. Sometimes you only need to, need to see five minutes of now it. Look, now yeah. look, Ibrahim says he won a Ballon d'Or, greatest goal in history, clinical finisher, and skill. That's enough for me. So that that validates his opinion that it's that he's watched enough. Um, of him to put him in his top 10. If that's your criteria, then fine. All I'm saying is don't just give me a list that you've done no research on, you know, or just like Maradona has to be number one because that's what I've heard my whole life. When people give their top 10s, a lot of the times, I'm not, and I'm not saying Daniel did this. This is, it's a larger argument for me. But when, when, when people give their top 10s, it's almost like, well, Michael Jordan is number one. Were you alive to see Michael Jordan? Like, how much research have you done in this list? Or then, oh, Clyde Drexler's number two. Like, well, that's a bit strange. You weren't alive in 1990s. How does that work? You know, they watched, so, they watched the, the Last Dance. Man. So, so, so basically, I'm I'm interested in in his list. <laughs> they watched the Last Dance. <laughs> I'm interested in people's lists, but it's the idea that I I need more from you if I haven't seen them or if you haven't seen them. So you got to explain. So Ibrahim's explanation, fair enough. That's fine. Guys, thank you for your questions. I know it sounded like I was a bit cranky today. Maybe that's true, but we appreciate it nonetheless. So this has been the Talking Tactics Podcast. Double H, where can people find you on the internet? Um, Halfhopefootballhot.com, man. I'm at Daniel to look. Follow us online on Twitter <laughs> at Talking Tactics, Instagram, Talking Tactics, Facebook, Talking Tactics 352. Calls at Inkerman 616. If you're listening on Spotify, give us a follow. If you're listening on SoundCloud, hit the hearts. If you're on Apple Podcasts, subscribe. It's free. Leave us a five-star review, and we'll read it on the show. Subscribe to YouTube if you haven't already. Hit the likes. I guess is that something people say? God, look, I'm not an OnlyFans, you prick. <laughs> sometimes funny, sometimes serious. Always football. Indeed. We'll see you guys next week. Peace. Peace, 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 peace. Sports Social Podcast Network.